When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello, Manchester United fans. Welcome to your post-match podcast from following that first game of the Premier League season. The starting 11s, as I'm recording this, have just been announced. Man United's lineup looks pretty strong, pretty much what we expected going into the season would be Eric Ten Hag's first choice lineup: Onana, Wambisaka, Varane, Martinez, Shaw, Casemiro, Mount Fernandez, Anthony, Rashford, and Garnacho. Obviously, Hoyland is still injured. Martial has made the bench, so he is fit enough to make the bench, which is positive. Means Eric Ten Hag does have an issue, uh, a player to bring off the bench at the very least. For Wolves' starting eleven, it's Saar, Semedo, Dawson, Kilman, Aitnori. Lamina, Gomez, Nunes, Sarabia, Neto and Cunha. It's not a strong side from Wolves. I mean, Wolves really haven't strengthened over the summer, so they've also not got Lopetegui anymore. Gary O'Neill has come in to replace Lopetegui after he walked away from the job. So I am recording this bit of the podcast before the game, this little intro bit. I am hoping we see a real... Good result from Manchester United. Wolves are one of the weaker sides in the league on paper at current. Obviously, this is the new start of a Premier League season and this Wolves team might surprise everybody. But this should be a chance for Man United to really get off to a flying start. And I personally hope they do. I'm sure you do as well at home. But Man United fans, I'll be back with you after the game to give you my little review as well as Eric Ten Hag's press conference and a little bit of the conversation around that. So, Manchester United fans, I'll speak to you in a minute. Um, Eric, congratulations on the win. Do you think you were a bit fortunate in the balance of the game? It was a tough game, and I have never. A start is always difficult in the season. I think for for every team. And yeah, today I think we can be much better on the ball. We have proven. Um, in the last season and also in pre-season but there you see pre-season is not season eh? when the league starts opponents are more aggressive and that we have seen from Wolves eh? they were very aggressive I think we were in uh, our skills we could be better in decision making and then when we were in the battle we were not aggressive enough so from that point of view we can do a lot of things better but also I see yeah, many positive things from this that we had I think five, six, seven good and high ball regains and then we have to take more from the turnovers and in the end you know, in a low block yeah, we've, we fought for our lives and we survived it 
So, three points. Well done. Sorry, you you did lose your first two games last season. So, how important is the victory, no matter how it was achieved? Ah, but you have seen. Even when you lose them, you can still finish good in the, in, in the league. So, uh, you have to find a foundation in the season, and therefore you have to collect points. But yeah, uh, if you want to keep collecting points, we have to play better as we did today. But as I say, there were also positives. Eh? It's a defending organization, uh, the clean sheet, which is good. And yeah, the mentality, uh, keep going and keep believing in a win. And uh, yeah, we found a way to win. Carl. Boy, Eric, who had it? Who had it? And me it good, with you. I want to talk to you about the defensive transition you've spoken about. You said you want United to be the best transition team in the world. So you talk about the speed going forward. But in terms of what you're looking when you want to transition back, what exactly is the thing that you keep telling your players? Well, first of all, we have to um, yeah, move with the ball and to be compact. And then once we are compact, and then you have to be uh, aggressive. Uh, to be the fighting in the duels, and so in that prospect uh, today we've, uh, we we lost some fights, and then yeah, counter attacks. Uh, you have to uh, you allow the opponent counter attacks, but yeah, um, luckily uh, we were we defend the counter attacks as well. Or we had Andre Onana, we had some very good saves. Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts on Mason Mount's performance today? I think he did he did his job. Uh, it was um, when moderate came, and um, I think he did. So he did. He did well. Sorry. Eric, obviously, starts without a recognisable striker. You didn't lose Anthony Marshall. The goals come from a defender. Are you worried at all that there's maybe a lack of preparation where you've not got that recognisable striker, and it was another game where goals were hard to come by? I think we, we could have scored, uh, touched on uh, the 5-6 turnovers and there were overloads, but uh, I think um, uh, the, the front line was not in the best form today and they could have uh, made more out of it uh, from the overload situations and uh, last week we scored some incredible goals and this week, man, this is the form of the day, we didn't, but it will come. Can I just ask what you thought of the, the penalty or the non-penalty at the end? That it looked for a minute like the referee was coming over to look at the screen. Were you worried at all that they are given that? Oh, can always be happen. <laughs> that when so uh, when uh, VAR looked at it and they decided not to give, and of course we are pleased with it. Uh, last question. Did, did you feel you didn't feel it was a penalty? Gary O'Neill has said that Onana tried to take his player's head off. I don't feel that I have to react on his interpretation. You didn't think it was a penalty? It's about the referee and the VR. And so I think the two players from, from the Wolves, they come together. And, and Andre didn't interfere the action from both of them. First was the touch on the ball, I think, from Dawson. And then what came Andre. Thank you very much. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee. 
Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So Manchester United fans, that was Eric Ten Hag's press conference following that 1-0 win. It wasn't a vintage performance by any means, but it was a win at the end of the day. Three points is three points, especially at this stage of the season. But it wasn't perfect from Man United. It wasn't a massively fantastic, inspirational performance, but it was still a win, like I say. After this, after my little review, we will listen to Gary O'Neill's post-match press conference as well from the Wolverhampton Wanderers side and sort of listen to what he had to say about Manchester United. It won't be the full press conference. It will just be the question, the focuses on Manchester United. So stick with me for that. But I just wanted to sort of talk about that penalty shout. It's a strange one because... VAR didn't think it was clear and obvious enough to overturn it at the time. PGMOL have since issued an apology to Wolves that they got it wrong. I don't really see why VAR has this issue with making the decisions that it's meant to be able to make. It's an issue that's persisted since it was first introduced and it's just not being used properly and I don't really know how it can be used properly. I mean, you'll have to let me know, Man United fans, if you thought it was a penalty or wasn't a penalty. The overwhelming response online has been, it is a penalty. And, I mean, should Onana have done it in the first place? Probably not, but that is his style. He does run out, he does go and claim balls that most goalkeepers would not. Obviously, we've seen David De Gea here at Old Trafford for the last decade, and he's not really been that sort of front foot goalkeeper is what I like to call Onana. He's never, and Onana's always the first. He wants to be the first on the ball. I think we're going to see this a lot more. He will come out and claim these crosses that most goalkeepers would stay a little bit more reserved and for, and, you know, Wolves towards the end of the game really brought on some aerial threat. So it probably is the right idea that he went out and got it. The problem is it wasn't executed perfectly by him. It was a bit clumsy. It looked a bit like he was rushing it more than just thinking about it carefully, which you want a bit of consideration from your goalkeeper. I did think overall Onana was probably my man of the match. I mean, apart from that penalty shout, I think his game was perfect. And I did say in my player ratings that he was going to... You can see how transformational he is going to be for Manchester United. Everybody looks so much more confident than they did towards the end of last season. I mean, I hope, I wish Martinez didn't put some of these challenges in that see him get really early yellow cards. He did it in pre season and he's done it today. He got a 16th minute yellow card, which just, it's annoying. And I bet Eric Ten Hag finds it annoying as well because we know how good Martinez is. And we saw Wolves break through the midfield 
20 minutes after he got that yellow card and he couldn't bring someone down because he was already on a yellow card and that would have been dropping Man United down to 10 men in the first half. And that's just a mountain that doesn't need to be climbed. I wish Martinez was a bit more considerate. He put a bit more consideration into the tackles he makes sometimes. Obviously, that comes. And I think Eric Ten Hag will probably have him in his office at some point before the Spurs game. Just saying, come on, Lissandro, don't don't do that. Like, there's no need for the... There's, there was no need for the yellow card other than... It was a sort of let him know you're there challenge, which I don't really think Martinez needs. We know We know how good Martinez is. We don't need... And everybody else knows how tough tackling, how solid he is as a defender. And we don't need to see that, really. Apart from that, I mean, I can't really begrudge him. He didn't really put a foot wrong. And then he went off at half-time. You know, it was a clever decision by Eric Ten Hag. Victor Lindelof isn't on his level, but I think it was probably the smart decision, especially with the rumours surrounding Harry Maguire's future at the club. I did think Sancho was actually really good when he came on. He... Had he seemed to be a, a yard faster than everybody around him, especially the right back at Wolves, uh, Nelson Semedo, and sort of definitely the right centre half in Craig Dawson. He seemed to be a yard faster than everybody he was going up against. He was getting on the ball, he was making interceptions, he was putting pressure on the defenders. I thought he was really impressive coming on. And I thought Garnacho was a little bit disappointing. I don't really think he offered enough throughout the game, really. I do want to talk about Luke Shaw's position as more of an inverted fullback, especially in that first half. In the second half, he became more of a traditional left-back. But this inverted fullback that we've seen Pep Guardiola employ at Man City so effectively, it seems to be the new trend in the Premier League this season. And... Luke Shaw is a fantastic left-back. I mean, he's arguably the best left-back in the league. I'm just not sure his best football comes as that inverted left-back. I think you lose everything that he brings out wide. But I do think there's a reason that I'll get into in a minute about why he's playing at that sort of inverted left-back role, especially with Garnacho out on the left wing. I just think Luke Shaw's best football comes whilst he's on the touchline rather than whilst he's drifting inside. I would like to see how Eric Ten Hag sort of combats that because I think with Lissandro Martinez, he would be stepping into midfield a lot more. But due to that early yellow card, obviously you can't go and get step him into midfield and get sort of get that. You don't want him getting that second yellow, obviously. You can't get as stuck in if you are a Lissandro Martinez character in stepping into midfield from centre-back. I do... So on Luke Shaw's positioning... I think Luke Shaw was moved towards this sort of inverted fullback role because Garnacho is a winger, a traditional dribbly sort of winger. He's fast, he can get at a fullback, and he cuts in later than sort of Marcus Rashford does. Marcus Rashford makes these runs whilst he's on the left wing for Manchester United. He makes these runs that are sort of diagonal and split the defence so that no one really knows whose man he is. Whereas Garnacho's real skill comes in beating his man and close control of the ball at pace. And to make the best of his skill, Garnacho needs to be the widest player on the pitch. 
Whereas Rashford often drifts a lot more inside and becomes this sort of second striker mixed with a winger. I think that comes with time of Garnacho playing more and more minutes that they'll sort of gain this understanding, Shaw and Garnacho. And I think then if Rashford comes back in, you'll see Shaw touch, hug the touchline a lot more, like what we saw last season. I think that will probably be Eric Ten Hag's first choice, especially going into this season. I think it'll probably be a, fr- a front three of Anthony, Hoyland and Rashford will be Eric Ten Hag's first choice front three. And I think that could maybe work better. I could even see Garnacho on the right wing over Anthony at times. And I think that might work quite well, especially with Aaron Wambasaka behind him. I think Aaron Wambasaka does a lot of the defensive work that will mean we really see the best out of Garnacho. It all depends if he is comfortable, as comfortable on the right wing as he is on the left. Obviously, it wasn't the flying start we all hoped for. You know, I've said this, it's... Wolves really did look a lot more impressive than I thought they would. I'll admit when I'm wrong, and I did think Wolves looked a lot more solid than I initially expected. I mean, I said in one of these podcasts a couple of weeks ago that I thought Wolves were probably one of the favourites for relegation, and today they really didn't look like that. If they could finish, I think Man United could have been in real trouble today. Mateus Cunha looks like a £50 million player, which he didn't really at any point last season. He didn't at Atletico Madrid. He hasn't really looked like a £50 million player since he left her to Berlin a couple of years ago. And he did actually look quite decent. So we'll have to sort of weigh it up in the next few weeks as we see Wolves play a few more games. We see Manchester United play a few more games and the table really starts to take shape. We don't really know where anyone's at at this first game especially because this is Gary O'Neill's first game in charge of Wolves. But now, Man United fans, I'm gonna, we're going to listen to Gary O'Neill. And then it's on to Spurs. But thank you for listening, Manchester United fans. Make sure to check out the Manchester Evening News for all the best coverage of Manchester United. The mainline Manchester Red podcast will return tomorrow with our writer Samuel Luckhurst, who was inside the stadium. Make sure to check us out on all our socials. We're across everything you could ever dream of now. So, Manchester United fans, thank you for listening. And here is Gary O'Neill. We're going to have to start at the end. Um, have you been told why that wasn't? Uh, I was live, yeah, um, that they didn't think that it was a clear and obvious error. Um but yeah, having just spoken to Jonathan Moss and fair play to him to come straight out and he just apologised and said it was a blatant penalty and should have been given. So, um, yeah. Sorry, so John Moss has said that to you? Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I, I sometimes feel bad because he's come out, honestly. I spent the afternoon with him today, gave up a lot of midday in preparation around trying to understand the new guidelines and trying not to get myself booked on the first game with the new guidelines, which I failed in. But... Um, yeah, fair, fair play to Jonathan too. For coming out, saying that it was a clear and obvious error and he can't believe that the on-field ref didn't give it, can't believe that VAR didn't intervene. Um, pro- probably made me feel worse, actually, because once you know you're right, um, feel worse about leaving with nothing. Yeah, I thought the lads were very good. I thought they... Um, 
yeah, huge credit to them to have the change that they've had and some of the negativity around the surrounding the place recently to um yeah to commit to everything that we've asked for and to be willing to sacrifice and run and tackle and go toe to toe with a with a with a top side a difficult place to come was um yeah very proud of them just really disappointed for them as well because they um yeah the amount of shots we had the xg the amount of times we arrived we yeah we we deserved at least a point at least I'm not sure how much planning was done before I just yeah started from zero so um yeah, all of that game was the players and, and the work that we'd done the last four days. I don't think there was any... They're a good group of players. They, they tried to give them some structure. I tried to tell them how I felt it would go today. And uh, fortunately, we sort of predicted what Man United would do or what they'd try to do structure-wise. Um, so the pitches that we'd worked on were, were available to the players. Um, but yeah, they, they deserve full credit. But um, in terms of the work that went on before I was here, obviously, I, yeah, I don't know enough about it. So... Um, Started from zero on Thursday and tried to get the lads ready to, to come and win a game and um, we got close. Gary, I know you preferred the points, but how much you take how much belief do you take from that performance having created so much and then the reception you got and the reaction you got from the supporters as well? Yeah, so bigger picture stuff around where I want where I want to take the group and what I think they can be capable of. Of course tonight was a was a big step because you four days in, coming to a place like this, it could have gone very very differently um, so the fact that the players responded and performed how they did the fact that there was a fantastic connection with the fans afterwards um, stayed after oh, they have to stay probably but they were on their feet after a 1-0 defeat um, thanking the players showing their sort of appreciation for the work they put in and the, the energy and commitment in the performance and the quality as well it wasn't just energy and commitment there was a lot of quality in there so um, that connection is going to be important um, appreciated my, my welcome they gave me an incredible welcome appreciate that um, and uh, yeah I believe if we perform like that enough then we'll we'll be successful more times than not and the fact you created a lot as well I mean this is a team that struggled for the goals last season is that you know, something you obviously want to see yeah I think uh, I've been asked that question quite a bit of course the lowest scorers last year so my initial thoughts on that were we need to arrive in good areas with good numbers in the box more, um, which we did this evening. Obviously, we, we still didn't score, but yeah, I mean, one snapshot of one game is hard to judge, but I, I don't think today was a reoccurrence of the pattern last year. I, I wouldn't have thought, I didn't watch loads of Wolves last season, um, but I still believe that today is probably an anomaly for if we arrive that many times with that many numbers in the box, the quality we do, we have in the in the room, they'll they'll score enough goals, no doubt. Mm-hmm.